0: Welcome to Real Estate Business Builders. I'm your host, Lars Hedenborg, the founder of Real Estate B-School. Bottom line, the real estate industry has failed to create a clear path to financial freedom. Traditional brokerages and coaching are designed to keep you running on the transaction treadmill with no exit strategy. While I didn't have any sales, marketing, or business building experience when I got into real estate, I was willing to bet on myself and figure it out because my family was depending on me. Having served over 5,000 families with their real estate needs, I've made every mistake you could possibly make in this business. Through Real Estate B-School, I've helped hundreds of agents and team leaders realize their goal of true time and money freedom and living a life without regrets. If you know there's another level of growth inside of you and you wanna learn how to build a highly lucrative lifestyle business, then you're in the right place. You won't find any fluff or hype here on this show, just real world tools, systems, and strategies that work. Let's grow together. All right. What's up, real estate business builders? Uh, we've got a guy on the podcast today that's been in uh, real estate probably for too many years. A decade uh, is when <laughs> uh, when we met. Uh, and Scott Solari, uh, is uh, now the chief guy at RealSync, which is a piece of tech um, that solves a lot of problems that agents and teams have and just the disparate dozen technologies that we all use. Um, I'll let you chat about that at the end of our, our conversation. But Scott, give us a couple minutes uh, like a, a little snapshot of your journey in real estate. And I know there's three things, you know, on on the podcast. Um, you're listening if you want to learn something about a journey in business or growth or what what gets in the way of growing a business and you've you've sort of thoughtfully put together a few points that you want to share with us today so give us a quick intro, sure and then uh, then we'll get into it
1: yeah so um as you said Scott Solari with uh with RealSync um so when I started Lars, as you know, I started. Uh, well, I had some real estate experience, but the reality is, I started working with real estate teams and owners and business owners in 2012 um, as an, a partner and executive at Viral Marketing, and that was a service that did, you know, video marketing, uh, whatnot. But that's where we met, and um, yeah, man, that that really got me kind of looking at real estate from a different perspective, not just like working in it as a as a, a realtor, or as I was an appraiser, but more like working in it from a business standpoint and learning how businesses needed to function to be successful, to transact real estate, to hire and to generate leads and to have technology and all the processes and the operations and the admin, all the things that I've you know watched you train and I, all all these other people and uh, uh, you know through the real estate space over the years, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, man. So,
0: yeah. So, so you're definitely qualified uh, because I know you've, you've uh, even with viral, you know, getting, getting someone to do just two things a month was like a monumental, like, how do I, uh, how do I log into this thing? And, you know, all that, all that stuff. So for you to be pitching uh, a tech stack to the industry or a tech solution must come with its own challenges, but un- unpack the few things you talked about, you know, being true to yourself, the evolution of technology, and then the importance of, of a team. So let's start with, um, you know, this, this thought of,
1: you know, being true to yourself
0: as you kind of evolve in your business.
1: Yeah. So like I was thinking earlier, uh, you know, I really wanted to add a lot of value and kind of teach something to your, to your, uh, you know, your client base here and, um, the reality is as I think back, like one of the biggest things that I know I struggled with is that you're you're being pulled and prodded. You're seeing what others are doing, and you're just trying to find your own way as a as a leader and a business owner um, as you as you continue to grow. And I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is that you just have to be really true to like who you are as a person, the values that you try to live by and also you know, uh, show. And I think when you, as you're on this journey, which hopefully you're enjoying this journey, because it's not easy. um, You can look back and go, you know, what, I made these decisions with the best of my ability and the most knowledge I had that was true to myself. And so I think it allows you then as you're growing and as you fail forward to look back and go, you know what? I did the best that I could at that time. I made the best decision that I could at that time. And I, and I, and I stay true to, to what I believe in and I'm not making decisions based on what I'm seeing others do, because the reality is what others are doing may not be the way that you should be making those decisions, you know, for your business. So I thought, you know, staying true to yourself, staying authentic. And, um, and that goes in, as you like, think about that when it comes to your relationships with your clients and, you know, buyers and sellers and your database and all the people in your community you know, that's what you need to be doing too. You need to be showing who you are as a person and being, you know, genuine, right? Whether uh, it's in, you know, interactions on the phone or face-to-face or if you're meeting people in the community, but how are how do you expect to really generate and make a great business if you can't be that person that you want to be uh, internally and externally with those relationships that you're trying to build? So I thought that that was something that I really, um, you know, I, I wasn't like that r- right at the beginning. You kind of have to learn how to be the person that you want to be as you, as you grow within business, you know?
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I, and, and I, I want to go deeper on one thing you said, and I'm going to read, I'm not going to say who this is from or who it's about. Um, but I'm, I'm going to read this. Um, it, it kind of gets to the thing that you just said about, you know, uh, comparison and, you know, we try to model after people that have, like, we think have it together. So uh, this is from a, a guy that I know his business really well. And he does he sells hundreds of homes, and he's on the right economic model. Um, but he says, you know, a, a guy went from uh, 40 agents to 240 agents, um, some other stuff. Um, but, but then he kept asking, people were like, man, you know, you, you've collected these agents, you're doing 800 transactions a year. He made twenty four, thousand dollars last year. So he's assembled like a, a, a this sort of brokerage, you know, only making twenty four, thousand dollars, literally making two thousand dollars a month. So you would look at a guy like that and you would think, man, 800 homes in a single year. And literally the agent out there selling four homes a year, is taking home more money than that guy with no overhead, no stress, but they're not pretending, you know, to, to, so it's just an interesting thing when you, when you, when you said it, what have you seen, you know, in our industry um, around like this, this comparison, it's just a trap. You can't win it. There's always someone that has a, you know, that's skinner than you, or their kids are better behaved than you, or their business looks better than you, or they're prettier on Instagram. What have you learned in our industry that's very vain, very sort of brand image focused about the comparison trap?
1: Yeah. I mean, what I've seen over the years, right. Is that like, you know, the reality is, is that a lot of real estate agents and teams, they spend a lot of time on Facebook and Instagram and those social media platforms, because there's a lot of Facebook groups and a lot of private groups, And there is a lot of education there, but also you can find yourself in a trap of like, well, this, this team's doing this much business. Why, why am I not doing that? Or what are they doing or how you don't really know what's behind the scenes, Lars, right? Like you, and and this goes back to the text you just read. So I think the biggest thing that you can take from that is don't just look at like, like what they're putting on social media. It's like the whole thing. When you see people like on vacation all the time on Instagram, well, it's like, yeah, there's. Billions of people that live in this world. People go on vacation. But like, if that's all they're posting and that's all you're seeing, then you're like, "Ah, I should be on vacation too. I should be living like that and living a dream like that. It's like the reality is they're probably working 340 days a year too. But like they just happened to go on vacation at that time that you went on Instagram. So it's the same thing. You have to surround yourself with the right people and the right groups where you're in actual groups that are authentic and where people want to help each other. And it's not necessarily this comparison thing. It's like, hey, how can I learn one really good thing from that business and one really good thing from that business and then execute on it? See if it works in mine. If it does, great. If it doesn't, that's okay too. It's a learning experience. You move on and you go and try to implement or execute on another good fundamental business idea that's going to allow your business to move forward, right?
0: Yeah, it's really good. a fundamental business idea. And I would just, I would caution everyone as as you might fall into this, because we all do from time to time. Um, if you're ever going to take advice from anyone, I sort of, I, I jokingly say, you know, like, I, I want to get a blood sample. I want to talk to your wife. I want to like, see your tax returns, you know, I, I really, I want to like get a sense of like, let me meet with your dog to see if you kick your dog every night, you know, because I, I think there's just yeah. stuff that, you know, nobody knows what's going on. So uh, anyway, that's really good. Um, unpack the next point. And this is something I know you're super passionate about, you know, spending time with um, Byron helping build, build that business and what Frank's doing over there. And uh, since I guess since 2020, you've been working real sync, which is, is essentially trying to get in the midst of all these tech issues and kind of um, yeah. connect things together. So talk about the evolution
1: of tech in the last decade in, in real estate. Yeah. So like, you know, when I started with viral, like I knew nothing about technology, I could barely use a computer. I was awful. Like Frank used to joke, who was my partner, like Scott, I don't want you using a computer Just stand there with the phone. And like, I'll put you on the phone and you just do sales, right? Like Um, So I think it's, it's, it's significantly evolved. And the reality is like technology can help your business, right? You just need to make sure you understand what tech you're putting into your business and that it can connect and integrate with everything else that you're using. And it becomes more efficient and it automates things. Right. When you like, and a good example of this is like, when you go on the Amazon, like think about how easy that process they've made for you. Like, It seems like it was just like, oh, this is just simple to set up. But the reality is there's so much happening, right? But like you can literally click, swipe by, it hits your credit card, you get an email uh, into your inbox immediately. It tells you like when that's gonna arrive and then it shows up. And most of the time it's the right product, not all the time, but most of the time. Like it's the easiest thing in the world. Like that is what consumers expect, Lars. So like when they get into a real estate transaction and you don't have certain automation set up to where it's like this seamless process that they're used to. Again, they've been, we think about behavior all the time. Like you don't want to have to change someone's behavior. It's the same thing when you recruit and hire someone. Lars, like trying to get an agent to take on new behaviors, it's a very difficult thing to do. And it's the same when you're selling any product to a, to an agent. You try to get them to do New behaviors, it's not going to work, right? It's the same thing with the consumer. Their behavior now is everything's on this supercomputer on their phone, and they use applications that are simple to use, right? And it's a simple process, and they, you know, it, and everything's automated, right? So we've seen this transition from when I started uh, in 2012, where you know you're you're hoping that you can you know, have a database of people in a CRM. And that was like the extent and maybe get some emails or have an email campaign. We used to use Infusionsoft. It was crazy, right? To to now where it's like when you meet someone and you put them into your phone, like they should be getting a welcome email. They should be going on to campaigns. There should be texts that are automated. There should be, you know, videos of you coming to them and all sorts of stuff that You literally don't have to do anything. It's just part of the technology stack that you have. Right. So, and that's the expectation of the consumer.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Any other lessons that you've seen, you know, there
0: are, I just talked to a, 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 big producer. Um, and, uh, couldn't really get even figure out how to get on the phone with me, you know. Like, and you know, she she was just crushing it in her market, like top of her market, top top team, top agent in her market. Um, how do you how do you handle some something like that, like from from a tech standpoint? There there are folks in our industry, like even what you were saying. I mean, you're naturally gifted in sort of more of a a sales in front of people, and you just you don't want to think or deal with the tech. How do you even get into that, that part of it?
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, you have to step back and it's tough, Lars, because if you're doing something that's working really well, it's hard to like step out of that lane and go, well, if I also do this, maybe I'll create a whole nother path. That's going to, you know, get my business to to take that next step. Right. Um, I think you need to, I think it goes back to like what I was going to talk about third, which is hiring people, right? And and that that process of getting superstars, but like you you have like when you get to a place and hopefully you have you know good profit and you're in a position where you can hire and start hiring people that are more internal focused instead of external, right? So every business gets to a point where once you've figured out the sales and the sales processes and hiring sales agents and all the way the transaction flows administratively through the business, then you have to start putting in people that are actually going to facilitate things within the business that are internal focus. And I think that's where you can bring in someone, maybe even from outside industry, but someone that has experience with technology and can come in and look at your systems and look, poke holes in it and figure out like what you can do to even level up those salespeople to be more efficient and effective with the leads that you're generating for them and the business that they're generating. Right. And I think so they go they start to go really hand in hand because the more deals you're doing, the more agents you have, the more things are slipping through the cracks as well. Yeah. Awesome. So let's uh let's transition. I want to chat a little bit
0: about um you know, big, big topic, but you, you mentioned, you know, the challenges with, you know, surrounding yourself with folks and succeeding through others. What are some of the lessons you've learned around, you know, a team and hiring and and firing and
1: coaching and, and all of that madness? Yeah. I mean, you've, you've seen it all. I was well, probably more than I have, Lars, to be honest with you, but you know, there's so many different philosophies around it, right? Like you know higher higher slow fire fast or or I've heard the opposite I mean the reality is like you man it, I a thing that I heard the other day uh, on I was watching a a podcast or a video right but it was a podcast and then he was talking about some billionaire CEO that he he talked to but he's like you you know if you're hiring a superstar right away right you you don't necessarily know if they're not going to be a superstar right away so it was it was very like i was like wait that's kind of sounds redundant but the reality is like if if you have any sort of inclination that there's a missing uh behavior motivation or a skill so those are the three things that you should be looking at when you hire someone right um i you know you're maybe they're going to fit a position by guarantee that that Specific part of the triangle is going to rear its head at some point, and you're going to have to fire them. So, what's what is it worth to hire and train someone to get them up to speed when they're they're missing a, a vital part of what you need for that particular position? Just because you got to fill a seat and have someone doing some work, so it may not be worth it. So, I've I've experienced this in hiring people and having to fire them. It's it's terrible when you have to fire people, right? I literally had to fire people two people last week right for different circumstances and you know I'm not going to go into details about it but the reality is that was terrible right mm-hmm. at the same time I could look at it like all right well now I you know I've freed up some revenue right or or payroll and uh what am I going to do with it how am I going to maximize it what's the the positive outlook on this potentially for the company um but you have to mitigate the 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 negative uh, tone that that puts on your culture every time you let people go especially if they're entrenched in your business you know so I think uh when it comes to like the hiring process you really need to to do your due diligence to spend time interviewing them having trusted team members interviewing them and um you know take them through the process of like are they really a good fit for this position and for your business and for your culture of course right but the biggest thing that I always look for, And this is something that, you know, you want to put every new employee on a 90 day uh, like period of like, hey, like I'll fire you anytime within 90 days. If like, if you're not exceeding the expectation that I'm putting in front of you, right. You're on a probation period. Um, And I'm always just paying attention and you can, you can identify it virtually just as much as you can one-to-one. I, I, our whole company is virtual. We've been virtual prior to COVID. I, all my employees are all over the country and we run an amazing business when it comes to that, uh, doing it virtually, but you can identify whether or not someone's got the right motivation, behavior, and skills for the particular position. Those are always the things that I'm thinking about constantly in every communication and engagement with an employee. Are they living up to the expectations of the position and of the company that I've set forth from the day they started and or exceeding them? And if they're not, where are they falling short? And does it become a pattern within a particular area of that, that triangle that I'm always paying attention to?
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And to, to your point, you know, and we, we have the same sort of viewpoint, you know, it's you're you're earning your spot on the roster 30 days at a time um for 90 days. And, and it's not going to get better if somebody shows up the first week or you know, we've had someone show up, like, <laughs> it's clear, like, you have to be here at, at this time on your first day, and they just stroll in, and they think it's real estate, it's casual, and it's like, there was no uncertainty, like, you're just not on the team, you know? Yeah, and it's, so, it's like, yeah, how did
1: you handle that? Did you just walk them out at lunch, or what?
0: No, they, they're they just out at that moment. Yeah. You know, and, and well, we've you had people, people that know that, you know, they, like, two days in a row, they you know because because we knew and I didn't always run it that way but but we knew that to be successful in real estate you have to have some sort of standard for your life you right. know where you, you you're not you're not going to succeed at the level you're telling us you want to unless you do the things that right. we we are asking you to do and it's not we don't get like overly emotional about it or sad about it' unless you didn't you didn't make the team you know it's like it's a sports analogy there's 200. Players, you know, opting for that sixty-two yeah. player roster. I think in the NFL, whatever, whatever it is. Right, there's a crazy amount of guys that come in, you know, to to try out. You know, six, seven, eight guys deep for two, you know, two positions, you know, uh,
1: on the field or whatever. So, same. And thing. there's always someone better. There is, and and so like the the one thing that you'll know if you have a real superstar is if they really level up your business and like alleviate things that you have to do and then like grow the business in places that you wouldn't think that you could grow it. Like they innovate as well. Like that's how you know you really got a superstar. Everyone else, there's someone else that maybe can probably do the position better. So it's like, don't get in your own head thinking like, oh no, this is the best it could be for this particular position. The reality is that there's, there's so many people out there that are hungry and motivated and that want to come in and and show that they could be successful, you know, and, and going back to what you said, it's like, it's the iceberg effect too. Like, you know, people put on a show during interviews and some, especially if you're hiring salespeople, like they're good at selling, they could be good at selling you to get them in the door. Right. But then if they don't have the fundamental behavior traits of like, I'm going to show up on time, I'm going to hold myself accountable. And some of those things, which some salespeople don't, then you're, you know, then you, you have to make quick decisions like you did, Lars. You know? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So what's the what's the
0: one thing to, to shift gears? And now I'll have you talk about how to get, get started with RealSync. What's the one no-brainer application of RealSync? I th- I think I know what you're going to say, but I'll let you say it. Um, somebody can come in, hook it up, and like instant they're instantly they're like, holy cow, how did I not how did I not see this or how was I missing this?
1: Yeah. So Dude, I would I would say the one, I, and you're right, I just mentioned it, is um, our Google contacts or basically it's like your phone connected to your CRM, right? So at, why it's a no-brainer, one, you can get, it's really cheap. You can start for free even on it. But like you come in and, and the value, it gives you a couple options. As a team owner, you can migrate all the contacts from all your agents on your team, added their Gmail into your CRM during the setup process, right? That's one feature and you can can control it by filters. I'm like, which ones you want to go in. The second thing is once the integration is set up, like you're out and about, you meet someone, you add a contact to your phone, it instantly goes into your CRM. Now, if you've, you know, most these CRMs, Lars, now have some sort of automation or welcome email uh, when you add a new lead uh, or you, you should have that set up at least, right? Because you, The reality is like, if you're meeting someone, you're not getting in your CRM and you forget, and then you don't put them in for a week, they forgot about the conversation you had. You kind of forgot about it, right? So it needs to happen really quickly. So that's the no brainer, honestly. And we have a ton of other, obviously, integrations on our platform um, that we can help you set up, of course. But the reality is that one is very seamless and easy. And it's just working in the background when you're using your phone. Because most of us have set up like if you use Google and we're going to have this for Microsoft soon as well with office 365, but when you use um, your Gmail and you like set up that app or set up Gmail on your phone, like it asks you at the beginning when you're setting up your phone, like if you want to have it syncing to your contacts in your phone. And if you said allow, then it's already set up, but we also have articles on how to do that if you didn't allow it early initially, but um, dude, it's real seamless because it's, it just again it allows you to be using your phone and then getting people into your CRM and that's simple yeah and and uh so so i want you to talk for just a
0: minute on um how how powerful just this one thing could be given the context of viral and i even remember you know uh you actually made the calls
1: for people on their click reports Right. So so, um, (laughs) it's probably very painful, but you still prove it was funny, man. It was fun, though. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of
0: business there. So so in the context of that, like there's business in what you just talked about, and it's it's a it's a low barrier. But just talk about that for a second. Like, you know, the people, you know, are happy to help you. You're just not letting them into your world and sending out newsletters and just doing the video marketing or, or that sort of stuff. But it starts with, you know, getting them into your database.
1: Yeah. So it starts with like, you're using your phone all the time. You're on your phone all the time. Add you When you add a person, whatever way you add them into your phone, it gets them into the CRM, right? Then you have some sort of welcome campaign or automation, hopefully some sort of task for fo- phone call follow-up with that person, right? And then additionally, like it's a timestamp and you're having a note or something where it goes, like, you know what you talk to, right? You know what you talked about Within that particular conversation, but you know, there's other things you can do from there. When we talk about viral, we have integration with, you know, uh, my Emma, which is what viral uses, or some sort of newsletter solution, uh, Mailchimp or MailerLite or whatever. So then you can send that new lead into that email marketing system. So then they're getting your marketing, and then you can get data back from their engagement into your CRM on that contact record and you see what they're engaging in. They're engaging in, you know, buyer, seller type links or or what have you. But like the the value goes back to, as, as you always say, like the, the sales and the follow-up, right? Like you're, when you're meeting these people, obviously like if they're ready to buy, they're going to tell you or do something, right? But like most of them aren't and they just need to be communicated with and shown value, and connect with you when we talk about being authentic. Hopefully your marketing isn't just some canned thing that it actually has some authenticity of who you are as a person in there, uh, whether you're writing the content or someone else is writing it for you or you're doing videos or whatever to show like who you are as a person, right? So you can connect with them. Hopefully like that's happening. And then as you see them and they get engaged and they're in your you know, you're in your sphere now, Um, you have the right then to follow up because you've been providing value to have a conversation with them. So you got to earn that. Right. And I think earning that is let's get them into your system. So you don't forget about them because a lot of times you're busy and you forget. Yeah. Awesome. 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 What's the uh, easiest way to get connected with RealSync? So yeah, Scott at realsync.com and that's S Y N C H the, the C was $10,000 for the domain. So we said, no. So yeah. we added the H so uh real Scott at realsync.com or just go to realsync.com and you can, you know, schedule a consult with us and we'll talk you through your tech and, and see if we can help you figure it all awesome. out. Yeah, man. All right, guys,
0: head over there. Uh, if you need anything on the real estate front in terms of growing and scaling, I'd say just grab a copy of the book. Go to scaleordiebook.com.
1: All right, brother. Be good. Appreciate you. Thanks, Lars. Appreciate you, man. Later. Right.
0: Thanks for listening. Would you please take a minute to share the show with other agents who may be struggling? And if you love the podcast, please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. And make sure you visit scaleordiebook.com to get a free copy of my book. It's a nuts and bolts guide to building a real estate business that gives you true time and money freedom so that you can live your life without regrets. Thanks again and see you on the next episode.